the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. We are, I'm getting some feedback, we are dealing with the close of the year. It is the infamous December, and it gets a little cold and a lot darker sooner. So, you know, we all dealing with all kinds of stuff, depression, anxiety, phobias, confusion, Hopefully optimism, I, I hope. Um, we're at the end of another 365, so we got to talk about it. Welcome to this Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gistan. You know who I am and you know who you are, and I want to give you the number. So after I run my rant for a while, you can talk to me, one 888 here in the Bay Area. One of the most well-known spots on the planet, which means to whom much is given much is also required. Um, So here we are. We're a couple of days out, particularly out from the celebration of the most notable person on the planet. His name happens to be Jesus, and uh, we call it Christmas, the time of the year that we celebrate the uh, birth of our Savior, the coming into the world of the incarnate God, and uh, hope for humanity. And I actually want to invite those of you who are listening, if you don't have a home church and you're not planning on celebrating with anyone this Sunday, come on out to Hayward, Grace Bible Church. Y'all know us. As soon as you go Grace Bible Church on Google, Hayward is going to pop up along with many other Grace Bible Churches in the world, which there are a lot, but none like the one in Hayward. So we're going to going to encourage you to come out, going to have a great time, great program. We start at 1030 uh, precisely this Sunday. You know, most Sundays is somewhere between 1030 and one o'clock. But this Sunday is 1030 because, as you guys all know, we we're going to celebrate food and family on that same day. So after worship, we're going home and we're hanging out with kinfolk and whom else we might um, adore or be willing to tolerate. You know how holidays go. But um, I definitely want to encourage you to come on out. We have a great uh, musical presentation, good singing, uh, powerful, powerful worship in that context. And then we're going to have a probing message on how to follow the star all the way to him who is the bright and morning star and find life in him. Hope you can make it. 
Hope I can uh, visit with you. If you do come, come and come and holler at your your boy. Let me know you showed up uh, and hung out with us on this Sunday again, ten thirty a.m. twenty four fifty Royal Avenue Hayward twenty four fifty two zero four five zero Hayward uh, Royal Avenue Hayward Hayward. That'll pop right up as well. I think I've, I've googled it a few times and it it worked out. So yeah. Don't uh don't rise up on Sunday morning saying I ain't got nothing to do. You will be meeting an eclectic group of people from all over the planet. Literally, I mean literally, like like literally, okay, Africans and Indians and Asians and Filipinos and Latinos and French people, Sicilian people from Italy. We just got them all. That's just that's how we do it. We we just got them all. So Want to invite you to come on out and hang out with a bunch of kids. Sorry, just got a bunch of kids. Always have. I got a bunch of kids, but uh, there will will be room for adults and we will have an orderly uh, time, like I said, and then we'll be out promptly so we can get on home and enjoy what I think we're having gumbo. What are you guys having? (laughs) One. What are you having, by the way? What what are you what are you eating on Christmas? How do y'all how do y'all do that? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. All right. So part of the questions when I let you in, when I let you into my space, will be, what did you learn this year in twenty twenty two? That's what I want to know. What did you learn? A lot of stuff to learn. I want to know what you learned. Every year we talk about this. Been a lot of years. I've been uh, on this microphone with many of you, and I'm asking you, what did you learn? We'll have. I don't think so. I think after today, because of the holidays, I don't know if we're going to be on on January 2nd. I have to get an affirmation of that. I might be able to do that before the show is out. But if we're not on on January 2nd, we won't be back until obviously the 9th. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. What did you learn? Um, what what mistakes did you overcome? Uh, what uh, rearrangement of priorities have occurred in your life. I mean, you know, you can just we can chat, take a minute to talk about it. Um, and that's that's what we're going to do in the context of our constitutional rights. While we still have a few, uh, not many exist. You know that when you peer into the Constitution and the amendments and Bill of Rights, you know, they are gradually, incrementally and in so many ways, not so subtly being taken away from you. If you don't know now, you know this is why our government can get away with so much crap because um, American people don't know their rights. I, you know, anybody will take care of you if you take advantage of you if you don't know your rights. So this year was really a trip, right? I mean, all kind of stuff went down. For many of us, it was a swing upward because we've been fighting battles for freedom since the whole COVID thing started. You know that. And um um, we've been fighting those battles and, 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 and been winning them illegally in the court system, even in social opinion. People have been swinging back to the middle and taking on some reasonable, objective, scientific data and realizing that there was a reason to be warned about everything that was going down. So we just got to begin to, uh, again, use all the political, politically correct processes to overcome the difficulties that are in our world, short of violence. Only time you guys want to use violence is when uh, we have no other option. And uh, and that is also what the founding fathers said. This is a republic if you can keep it. 
And so, um, yeah, but we do have a lot to, to be thankful for. I'll, I'll sprinkle our dialogue about that um, throughout the course of our discourse. But I must tell you, uh, contextually, the era and time in which your master was born, Jesus was in the same kind of crazy political melee that we're dealing with now. Rome was in a mess. It was under deconstruction. There were several uh, hot spots throughout the empire seeking to overthrow uh, probably the number seventh Caesar, if we were to deal with it in terms of the apocalypse, the number seventh Caesar at that time in the times of our Lord Jesus Christ would have been um, Augustus. Uh, and yes, and we move on to um, to some of the the crazy ones that that Caligula and, and then Nero, as you know. But that was during the time of the apostles. Uh, yeah, Rome had gotten crazy, kind of like our world. These are the cycles that we go through. You guys know that, and you got to be able to keep a perspective and have a heavenly view as well as an earthly mission to get you through this through this crazy. And Jesus told us it was going to all fall apart. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 19 through 21. It was all going to fall apart. And then we would be working with a new world order. History resets incrementally every thousand years, every uh, every century in one way or another on a minor level. And it looks like we're about to go into a whole nother um, reset as well. I talked to you about that two years ago. And uh, we are at the end of the uh, industrial revolution, the end of the uh, neo-technical uh, revolution. Uh, technology now has reached the uh, massive level of uh, not only artificial intelligence, but um uh, the kind of uh, science that that allows us now to not be looking at the stars, but rather penetrating deeply into our physiology along the level of microbiology. And therefore, a big deal that's taking place today, you know, this is at the uh, microbial level. It's uh, science trying to manipulate and control and fashion humanity. In its own image, this is the pseudo God thing that you and I are dealing with within the realm of science and, uh, and and mental. I'll be talking about this in a moment. Mental health camps. This is California Bill one two zero one four zero. Did you know about it? They're building a mental health camp down in uh, Southern California so they can declare people crazy and and just get them off the streets and put them in the institution. And you might think that's good, but you better ask yourself the question: Who's defining mental? Because sometimes mental is normal and and normal as certain people would like to define it as mental. So we got a lot to deal with in terms of the uh, mental health camps. Now, if you really want a precursor to it, just go to Australia, go to Canada. They already have them. Parts of Germany. They've already locked people up who have decided that they don't agree with their government and have called them mentally unstable. Now, these are echoes of the the Hitlerian period, the period of Hitler. If you guys know Mein Kampf and if you know um, the era in which he began to emerge, it all started with uh, science working towards purifying humanity and and the psychological and psychiatric element arm of the mental health industry collaborated with government and military 
And that's where we are as well today. You need to know that. You need to understand that there's nothing new under the sun. That which has been is that which is to be. Even that has already been. So that we gotta we gotta be vigilant and we gotta be thoughtful, be grounded, also have a hev- heavenly view. Sometimes the only way to survive this crazy world is to transcend it. One triple eight three six seven five three two one. One triple eight three six seven five three two one. All the lines are open. You can chat with your boy. All you got to do is call one triple eight three six seven five three two one. One triple eight three six seven five three two one. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. So we're back. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And I want to make sure that I got that number right. If, in fact, I did. one 329 1-888-367-5329. Three lines open, four lines open if you want to call and chat with your boy about how the year went and uh, what you learned and what uh, you plan on doing different in the new year. Now, you guys know I, I deal with this. I talk about it. I talk about the, the fact that we can change and we must change. And a lot of times to be serious about change, you have to be resolved. You have to be committed to change. And when we make re- resolutions, that's what it means to be resolved. It simply means we're going to hold ourselves accountable for change. So I don't really care for people who say I don't believe in resolutions because if you don't believe in resolutions, you don't believe in developing, maturing, changing, transforming, and uh, switching channels, or as Ye puts it, updating. <laughs> since, since we're on our way to transhumanism, updating. Uh, <laughs> we can update the way we think, act, feel, and engage. I'm going to read a portion of scripture because this is also um, contextually a Christian uh, program. Although I'm thankful for all of my atheists and agnostic and uh, um, cross-culturally contradicting necessarily um, alternative views of you who are listeners out there. I, I love that. Love to hear from you, Brandon, my boy from San Francisco. It's been a long time since I've heard from you. I hope you are okay. I hope you're not ill or sick or having passed away from us. So Brandon, if you're listening, give me a call and uh, Tell me how you're doing. We are in the book of Daniel, chapter seven. I'm going to be reading verses 23 through 28 and just contextualize it for you to let you know where Daniel was is where we are in the vision that Daniel had. Verse 23, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall arise and another shall arise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. He shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and a dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole of heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cognition 
My cogitations much troubled me and my continence changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. So let me give you a synopsis of what Daniel saw. He talked about the fourth kingdom or the fourth beast. Now you and I already know at the beginning of Daniel chapter seven, he saw four visions. The vision of a lion, the vision of a bear, the vision of a leopard, and then the vision of a monstrosity that had no zoomorphic or zoological traits by which he can uh, view it as an animal. That fourth beast was a composite of all the three former beasts with some additions. He was talking about the Roman Empire. In Daniel's day, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the Grecian kingdom under Alexander the Great, and the Roman Empire, which had 10 major Caesars or emperors that dominated that era uh, before it was overrun by Christianity, as you and I know, was the era in which your savior was born, the Lord Jesus. And he was born during the time in which this beast rose up with 10 heads. And uh, that beast tried to devour him and tried to devour the people of God had tried to devour the earth as a God. And Jesus said that he would not prevail. Daniel here says he would not prevail. The kingdom would be given to the saints of the most high, and it has. And for the last 2,000 years, Christianity has had a significant uh, impact upon the world. Uh, and Daniel said his thoughts troubled him. And his thoughts troubled him because the picture depicts not only like times of peace and snow and 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 and, and jubilation and 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 you know frivolity and and laughter that's all fine in its own right, but it constitutes what you and I know life to be full of trouble. It's a composite of pain and joy. It's a composite of sorrow and laughter. That's what Solomon said. That's what your life is about. So that everything is designed to serve as a balance a mechanism for balance. It should bring you and I into balance that we're going to have difficult days and we got to see them for what they are. And they have to serve to transform you and me, to make us more like our Savior, more like our God. They're designed to help us understand true values, those non-substantive or non-material qualities that can allow a person to make it through real troubles. This is why when you meet the older people who've been through the Holocaust or who've been through World War II or who've been through Vietnam or who've been through Korea or been through the killing fields of Pop Pole or who have been through the slaughter that have taken place under Stalin and, and Mussolini, et cetera, um, or you read about them, they had character because they were able to keep everything in perspective. That's what you and I have to do. So my question to you is, what did you learn in 2022 to prepare you for 2023? What did you learn in 2022 to prepare you for 2023? I'll tell you what I learned. I learned a lot, and um, I'll hope to share that along with you as well. We're going to be taking a break here in a second, but I do, again, want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday and celebrate the birth of our Savior, um, which is the reason our world is the way it is today, quite frankly. Um, if you don't have a church home and you are not uh, planning on doing anything in a gregarious way, join us. It'll be about three, four hundred people and we will be enjoying ourselves and we will get out of there fairly early. So you can get on home and be with family as will 
be the case with yours truly. The number is one 367 5329 Now, I told you that there are mental health camps being erected all around the world, and quietly one is taking place in Southern California. Now, what they're doing, because California has had such an exodus of people from it, hundreds of thousands of people have left California over the last several years. We got a lot of property that's wide open. And I hear it from uh, I hear it from people all the time. You see all these people on the street, our homeless brothers and sisters. What, why don't we just put them in those shelters? I would agree with you. If I were the governor or, or city mayor, I would do that. I would take a lot of those facilities that sit there doing nothing. I would negotiate a contract with the owners and then I would set up, you know, portable potties and get these people off the street uh, and get them into some shelter, particularly when it's cold like this. This is what I will do if you vote for me. Uh, we'll get them off the street because those buildings have no purpose sitting there empty for years like that. But here's the problem. The military has leased out barracks in empty areas across our nation in contract with the mental health industry. You were warned about this by many prescient and clairvoyant people that you should be careful whenever the government and the military and the medical industry come together because that is your Frankensteinian paradigm. This is where we are today. Mental health is becoming extremely intrusive on a political level. They're redefining the terms and ways in which we don't agree ethically or morally. You know this is problematic. So you need to open your eyes because it's possible that people that you love and care about might be assigned mentally ill by your government and uh, just some of these new new terms that are coming up out of nowhere, having no real basis in science, uh, and you can be shipped off. And, and I'm going to be telling you more about that in the new year because I've showed you in time past, many things like this, and they are and they are happening. Uh, we have horrible stories of many people in Australia and, as I said, Canada, who were this. What is this model? Before I go to break, this is your Chinese model. This is what they did in Beijing. You can find this online. It's so easy to see. They shipped off almost whole towns and put them in these isolated camps in the name of trying to reach a zero COVID status, which everybody knows scientifically is impossible to do, but they did it. And that's what they want to do here too. So be, be, be aware of it. one 367 Just like our God doesn't sleep or slumber, the devil doesn't sleep or slumber either. Again, one 367 Going to take another break. Then we'll get to your calls. Looks like we got two lines open. Holla at your boy. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we're back the time, 535, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Nippy out there, nippy out there. Make sure you take care of yourself. Stay warm. Two lines open, one 367 5329 Let's go to Mark from Hillsburg on line number one. Mark, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Glad to be on. How are you, Mark? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. So what I learned this year is to vote for Jesse. Um, there you I'm, go. I'm half kidding, but uh, hey, you, I you might everything. only you might be only one vote, maybe two. Maybe I can get a few of my grandkids to vote for me too. But what are you going to vote for me for? What 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 do you want me to be? Well, it's not your feel like governor, but some. 
some kind of a leader. Well, so you were asking what I learned. Um, uh-huh. What I see is pretty much every part of life failing. I'm talking about financial, yeah. um, whether it's housing, whether it's society, um, the political arena, whatever it is, I see it failing. And I always thought it was going to fail because that's what I read in God's Word, that someday all these kingdoms, all these people, all these powers that think that they're something are going to create chaos on this earth and fail, and one thing is going to stand, and that's the one thing that that I'm choosing, that's choosing to follow Jesus. And it might be boring for some people, but um, I don't think failure is anything to be excited about, and that's what I see. And so I'm choosing the opposite of that. Absolutely. And I would agree with you, Mark. Is this the first time you call? No, I have called you, I think, once before, and uh, and I've listened to you before, usually in the daytime. Got it. uh, All right, so let's let's jump on your proposition. I like it. You actually are, uh, you know, responding to my my overture to talk about what you learn in a way in which I'm actually teaching people and telling them to be optimistic. We don't need to be um, fatalistic, but neither do we need to be. Um, uh, we we don't need to be avoiding. We don't need to be misrepresenting the reality. You're right. If you look at economics, if you look at our social uh, condition, if you look at the geopolitical. Um, uh, challenges going on around the world. If you listen to all of the propaganda that undergirds uh, and, and substrates all of the kind of prognostications that are going on, you are seeing the the proverbial Tower of Babel dissembling because you know they are, everybody's working towards a global governance system, a one world government, that's biblical. And yet you're finding major, major, uh, major contradictions and major uh, stumblings and major uh, power dynamics around the world, but but this too, uh, Mark, is about how how change occurs. Kingdoms fall, kingdoms dissolve, kingdoms collapse. That's the metaphor of the sun being darkened and the moon not giving its light and the stars falling from heaven, referring to Egypt and Babylon and Syria and 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 Medo Persia and the Roman Empire. And, and that's what happens cyclically. But what is the believer to do in the midst of these collapsing systems? I think you got it right. I think uh, what you need to do is be able to look through this transient uh, uh, decay to a eternal system that will never change. And uh, believers have to know how to do that and therefore be effective in this world. So from an optimistic standpoint, I think you got it right. I mean, we could ferret out, we could get data, we could look at statistics, we could talk about the economic uh, collapse that's been spoken about and prophesied for 10, 12 years. This is why we're moving as a global system into a new economy, digital credit system, central banking digital credit systems. You know that. Anybody that's in the know realizes that we're getting ready to get rid of the fiat economic system. It's already being practiced. Um, but but how would you how are you going to practice that out? How are you going to flesh that out in the year 2023? What is your what is your ethical mandate for living optimistically in a collapsing society, Mark? Well, I can tell you that there are so many people that I choose to surround myself with 
And right. those are God-fearing, God-believing people. And the tougher things get, the more loving they get, the more supportive they get. And is, are, is that going to be perfect? No. But that's a much better uh, look. I, I try not to watch the news because the news is nothing but depressing. Why would, why would you want to depress yourself? So focus on the good things of life, which are the godly things of life, in my opinion. And, and I choose to live pretty well and pretty happy and pretty joyful in the midst of all of this because of where I'm focusing. Oh, no, I get you. I, I get you. It's, it's just, you know, and I'm really working through the difference between happiness and joy. Quite frankly, no, I totally get you. I appreciate you. You're on my team. Uh, welcome to 2023 with some brothers that don't mind uh, spreading joy, um, you know, in the midst of telling the truth. Um, I, I get you. I totally I totally get you on that. Yeah. And you surround your pe- yourself with people that are grounded and able to actually um, advance God's truth and his glory in that. And, and there's reason for joy in that context. Tell me one more thing before I let you go. Are you um, are you a married man? Do you have children? I have two kids, and they're doing great. Excellent. They're not. Um, they're not really like um, practicing. Um, one says they don't believe in God, and one says not really sure. But I raised good kids. I raised great, great kids, and I'm hoping. And that's like the biggest part of my life is like, wow, I really want my kids in the kingdom. And that's a lot of my focus. Um, I sure hope that happens. But uh, in the meantime, I did raise great kids. Excellent. I, I would join you in that. I raised great kids, too. And, uh, and, and they're just, as you stated, very humbly, um, just, you know, doing things that are avoiding being scandalous and, and chaotic. And, and we're happy about that. Of course, we want them all to know the Savior. And that is a great uh, objective prayer and modeling and uh, and witnessing. So may the Lord bless you to that end, my dear brother. May he bless you to that end and call again in the new year. Thank you, Mark. Let me go to line number two and start the conversation with Jermaine before we go to break. Jermaine, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Hey, Jermaine, what's going on? Oh, none much. Just um, wanted to chime in on uh, the topics of what I yeah. learned this year. Yeah. I was say one of the things I learned this year was Hard work belongs to your God and your family. Because mm-hmm. I was one of those people that committed, you know, just all kinds of insane hours to my job until I became injured at the end of the year, which I consider a blessing because it really slowed me down enough to realize where my priorities should actually be. And that was that's yeah. with God and with my, my uh, wife and my children. Yeah. Yeah. Expand a little bit because you know I you know I know a, a little bit about what's going on. Sometimes, and that's why I'm, I'm helping us to work through pain and 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 mistakes as a learning mechanism. Sometimes we have to have some difficult things happen before there's a a shift in our priorities. Uh, and that sounds like what you were able to discover out of being injured. Um, because, you know, we're all going to be working if we have the opportunity. It's what God has called us to do. That's not a frivolous thing. He did not make us to sit on our butt. He created man to labor, and he promised that he would bless that labor, but it would be in proportion to him worshiping God and prioritizing his life. 
And I think that's something that gets missing uh, in people's lives as well. They fail to understand the benefit of working is not only a benefit, but it's a, a privilege and an obligation. We would say theologically it's a calling and, and therefore it also must uh, uh, be associated with our worship of God. And, and as you stated, uh, making sure that the uh, fruits of those labors pour out into our family. It's a beautiful thing. So, so, so for you going into 2023, uh, what, what's the thought? What's the thought just to continue with the same revelation? Um, using that same revelation to, to, uh, use as a source of inspiration for more entrepreneurial ventures that would allow me to do what I need to do. Um, you know, I would love to serve God's people and do things for many people. Um, it's just sometimes that does take a little money. And there are things I could do. I, I look at the hours I put in for my regular job, and I, I do believe if you have a job, you you know you you earn your wages honestly. But um, I don't need to overcommit to people that don't care about me when I could commit to helping some folks who I know care about me. And it's it's just at the end of the day, yeah, some things do take money. So what I plan to do for 2023 is to dive, you know, just dive into it. Things that I'd like to do where I can work from home or things that would allow me more time for myself, for my family, and allow me to financially be able to, to support some things that I know needed. You know, there's there's people out there doing work that I'm not doing. There's gospel albums, there's there's ministry, Bible ministries, just time and money, not strictly money, but just putting myself into that and honestly making more time for the Lord because it was really easy to find excuses and find reasons why I wasn't taking a step back in, in reading. It almost became like a spiritual war at times, but, you know, being slowed down allows me that clarity again, to see where those priorities are and, and also to understand that, you know, my God's big enough to provide opportunity. Should it be his will for me to go down certain ventures? I think that will happen for you in 2023. Having known you now for many years, you caught what many of us understand is the both and principle. So the enemy loves to create the false dichotomy that it's either or. So you got people who get wrapped up in either working or serving God, if you will, either serving God and then struggling financially. But it's a both and. When you get your priorities right with God, you can uh, operate at a level of harmonizing symbiotically um, your your work ethic and your priorities on a spiritual level. And uh, that really is the best of, of, of life. And, and I'm praying that that will happen for you, that you will be able to press into ministry that will remunerate uh, financially so that you can take care of your family, but it still be done for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Going to take a break. All the lines are open. one 367 All the lines are open. Uh, let's have a conversation. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. We will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. This particular segment will be over shortly. The number is one 367 Give me a call if you're a new listener and you haven't called before. We're moving toward the end of the year. Let's make this um, make this happen. You can give me a call, one 367 Tell me what you learned this year and what uh, you propose to, to do for the year 
uh, going forward if you and I should see the year 2023 in just about something like 10, 11 days from now, if the Lord is willing, we move into 2023. What kind of shifts are you going to make? Transitions? What kind of uh, alterations? What kind of moves? Upgrades, again, uh, updating your your uh, your your mental uh, computer um, or updating your overall portfolio, updating your overall uh, agenda in life. What, what do you want to do? one 3675 Three, two, nine. And it's nothing wrong, by the way, with operating out of the present system. It's like, you know, if you got a car that works, you don't just have to buy a new one. And if your car works, I want to hear about that too. One triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. If it's a good car and you know, just got a ding here or a ding there, then great. And, uh, you know, that, yeah, you don't have to change your life. If you, if you have a, a formula that's working, where you can actually embrace what we're talking about in terms of uh, a biblical worldview. I, I really do appreciate Jermaine because what he was saying is, and this is often what happens with Americans, we get trapped into doing a bunch of things that don't have any ultimate significance whatsoever. It can be trivial. It can be superficial. It can be carnal. It can be so hyper materialistic that all of that stuff is toxic for your psyche, toxic for your mind and your heart. That's why so many people are depressed. Even if they are working, they're depressed because their working is aimless, is aiming down and not up. It's aiming uh, in a kind of descending into despair rather than transcending into a sense of clarity and purpose. You are made for purpose. You are made to have clarity. You are made to uh, uh, pierce through the fog of crazy life and to to have the transparency of, of real teleological purpose. Uh, it's not that hard to find, but the fog can be a trouble, uh, be a problem for any of us when you're stuck in the fog. Um, sometimes you need to cry out. God is able to hear you no matter where you are if you cry out. And then he's going to have somebody nearby that can help you kind of navigate your way through. And if you're dealing with the fog, you can give me a call, too. So, you know, not only got a radio talk show host dealing with politics and theology, but I'm a pastor. So if you want to talk about the fog, we can talk about that one triple eight three six seven five three two nine talking about foggy things. There's so much stuff. I mean, so much stuff. So, you know, your president has uh, the moment he he stepped into office, he signed hundreds of executive orders, one of which was to seek to uh, mandate that doctors would engage in um, transgender operations uh, you know, for children and, and that the doctors would be um, subject to penalization if they didn't simply do what they were told. The mandate also required the vast majority of private insurers, companies, and many employers to cover the cost of tra transgender transition therapy or face penalties. I mean, this is insane. Uh, doctors are being told that they would have to do it if the children want it done, notwithstanding the potential harm that will occur, which we already know occurs 
in the lives of children. We already have all the stats in in terms of the mental and psychological harm that happens when there's a regret around sex chain operation or a misappropriation of hormones and and uh, all of the kind of things, hormone blockers, all of that stuff becomes problematic. This is not a conveyor belt system where you can just, voila, change people into different genders. It doesn't work like that. And, and what you do is just create a whole nother series of mentally ill people when you when you take that route. So fortunately, that bill failed. But now here's the reason why it failed. The only reason it failed is because the Republicans won the House. Um, this is probably one of the reasons there are only a few for me that I believe is the reason for which we should vote, because when hyper extreme left or right gets in, then they try to rush through and jam down our throats policies that are not good for humanity. And this one certainly is not good for humanity. You don't just demand people do things like here in California. You guys know that they have a law now that the doctors have to actually um, make sure that people are committed to taking these vaccines. And if anybody has any questions or hesitation and the doctor does what he is called to do, lovingly let his patient know the upside and downside of these vaccines, then he's in danger of losing his job. We've got to overturn that policy too. You've got to overturn that policy. That is not a good uh, doctor-patient relationship when the doctor is under a gun by government and big pharma to do something for you that is only in the economic interest of the powers that be. So you got a lot of battles to fight going forward, and I, I would encourage you to do that as well. Um, if you are saying, what should I be doing in the year 2023? You should be learning about your world. You should be investigating your responsibility as a citizen. You should be asking yourself, does your health and strength and mental uh, capacities allow you to be a uh, civic-oriented duty uh, a citizen uh, so that uh, you can be part of the legacy of people who have resisted the tide of psychopathy that has governed our uh, leadership um, and the world, quite frankly, for so much of these last three or four decades. So much crazy stuff is going on like that that we have to um, seek to overcome. The other thing I'll put out there too, to you is uh, we're so happy that the, uh, the mandate has been dropped in the military. Uh, our military men and women don't need to be, so much has to be said about this. Vaccines should never be given to healthy people anyway. Healthy people don't need them. And so our military men and women have been struggling big time with those mandates. And now that they're dropped, the only thing that has to happen now is they need to be reinstated and they need to be paid for all of the time that they were off because they were exercising their religious right, their conscientious rights, their human rights. And I hope you guys understand that, too. You, you, you cannot let power just tell you what it's going to do. You cannot let power just say, because we are the boss, you got to just roll up your sleeves and let us have our way with your body, with your blood system, with your, with your nervous system, with your, with, your, with your whole physiology. You cannot do that. You're human beings. So you gotta, you gotta, this is what it means to be human. Uh, you got to stand up for your rights. Do not let power just take advantage of you. You are created in the Imago Day. God created you in his image and his likeness. And you have authority to tell the world, and particularly leaders, you don't get to do that without my consent. 
This is quite fascinating. And so um, I was reading an article about this recently. When I come back on the other side of the break, if you haven't called me yet, I'm going to just read some of the responses by many of the military people who decided to push back against the mandates. And they were right. Uh, military leaders don't get to just tell you what to do. It has to fall within certain regulations. It has to be moral, ethical, and it cannot violate your constitutional rights. Right. And, and, and you know what? Your, your God says that. There's no leadership, no authority, no power in the world that gets to just tell you to do what it says. So when you hear Christians saying, well, obey them that have the rule over you, and they don't explain that those who have the rule over you are obligated to follow principles that are rooted in moral and ethical pro propriety, then they're telling you to buy into a totalitarian, tyrannical, despotic system, and nothing could be further from the truth biblically. In fact, we've been fighting this since the beginning of time against um, unrighteous rulers, unrighteous rulers have no place in our world. Unrighteous uh, dignitaries, unrighteous rulers, unrighteous leaders, unrighteous authorities, unrighteous teachers, unrighteous preachers, unrighteous parents have no authority over you um, when you are walking in that which is right before God. And you got to stand up for that. One triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Gonna take another break. On the other side, we got an hour to go. Let's talk about it. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is six oh six on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, we, for those of you who keep up with us on t Tuesdays and Fridays, we're on tomorrow night, but we will not be on on Friday. For those of you who need to know, no Friday gathering this coming Friday, and there will be no Friday gathering coming the following Friday prior to uh, January 1st, which will be on that Sunday as well. So two Fridays off, but if you want to join us tomorrow night in prayer, you certainly can. Our doors will be open <clears throat> at um, 5.30, I think, and we'll be starting about 6.30, 6.45. We'll have a time of exhortation, and then we will pray. Uh, we'll pray for two more weeks, the new year in. We'll pray for health. We'll pray for strength. Uh, we'll pray for uh, clarity and direction. We'll pray for healing, and uh, we'll pray for recovery. A lot of things we need to be praying about. Um, so we do that at Grace on Tuesdays. Again, doors open around 5.30, but we start around 6.30, 6.45, so if you want to join us for that, too, we do often have people that just step on in and want to visit and, and pray, and uh, and then also hear the scriptures opened up. Glad to be able to um, facilitate our neighborhood in that regard. So, <clears throat> again, if you don't have a home, you may be able to join us uh, for that time as well. It's cold out. Our building is warm. Plenty room. You can sit almost anonymously <laughs> in your own space. You don't have to actually hang out with people too closely. But, um, yeah, I'd love to have you Tuesday night. But, again, for the <clears throat> rest of you, clan, do know that we're all Friday and off on Sunday. But, again, I'd love to hear from you. Here we go. We get to talk about it. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. What you learned in two thousand twenty two, and what are you doing for two thousand and twenty three? 
Let's have that conversation. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I know you learned something, and I know you want to talk about it as well. Let me hear from you, particularly other new time listeners. If you um, have been listening but you haven't called, I'd love to hear from you before the year is out. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. As for me, so many things, so many things I I, um, had to work through over the year 2023, 2022. It was much more clarified than 2021. I was talking to my leadership yesterday about the principle of seed time and harvest. That's the book of Genesis and about the law of reciprocity and about the essential um, work of sowing in order that you might reap. And uh, I was talking to them about how important it is to know what seasons are because seasons are real and uh, seasons only occur when we collaborate with God in light of his creation and his principles of, uh, of harvest relative to sowing. Um, there is no economic uh, validity or constancy in our world apart from a, um, a, a reap-sow principle, a law of the harvest principle, a reciprocity principle. You, uh, you heard our previous caller talking about the economy. You can go and read the markets and you can see all kinds of things going on. Well, what you're looking at when you read the markets is business, the sowing of seed, the expectations of revenues returning, uh, the differentiation and proportions of those revenues to, uh, in relationship to the labor invested, the sowing of finances into different companies, venture capitalists and hedge funds and all of that kind of stuff. You, All of that is the cycle of life and business, and it has predictable outcomes to it. That's why people invest, because of the predictable nature of it. And God says it as very clear as can be said. Um, if you are prioritizing the kingdom of God, everything else will take care of itself because it will fall up under a principle of um, sowing cycles and then um, uh, the blessing of that seed, uh, whatever that may be. That might have to be in terms of your own personal working through um, where you have been. The garden of your heart might be all raggedy. You need to be uprooting weeds and tares and then sowing into your heart the word of God and, and, and prayer and, and, and legitimate counsel that can actually take the incorruptible seed and cause it to produce good fruit. That might be for some of you. Um, and, and for others of you, you, you may very well need to be changing your employment and uh, moving uh, into something more economically feasible and stable for the year 2023. 22 may have shown you that you're on shaky ground financially. Uh, The year 2022 may have also shown you that you don't make good decisions, uh, good choice making when it comes to relationships. You may need to reevaluate your priorities in the area of hanging out with certain people who don't build you up and don't actually point you to God. You may have to change that in your life too. Because all of these are stewardships. You don't get to just choose your friends and hang out with anybody you want to. You're going to be accountable for that uh, as as well as I. So I think um, I think Mark uh, from Hillsburg talking about wanting to make sure that he gets his priorities straight in the area of relationships for the year 2023. 
It is absolutely a blessing when you have good friends and good people in your life who uh, who make those events where you are hanging out with each other quality times of conversation, reflection. Uh, we talk we call it course correction at grace when we. Uh, the proverb says, he that dwells with the wise, he himself will also be wise. So when you're hanging out with wise people, they don't take you down the wrong path. They don't take you down rabbit holes. They don't take you down dark uh, and precarious pathways that lead to sin and rebellion and, and disobedience and harm and hurt. They, good people don't do that to you. And so uh, you might have to make a choice in that regard. You might have to move. I'm actually talking to you guys about a theme I'm going to be bringing up in the year 2023, which says arise, move and go. Arise, move and go. This is going to be about living daily missionally before God uh, and understanding that you and I are not called to sit still or be paralyzed or to be um, trapped in uh, in aimless um, lifestyles because it makes you sitting ducks, sitting targets. For, uh, for for negative uh, negative things to happen in your life. You and I are to be moving psychologically, moving emotionally, moving pragmatically, moving in terms of a pattern of life. We are to be engaged in target-oriented lifestyles because that is the definition of purpose, the definition of purpose. And to everything, there is a purpose under the sun. And so you should be committed to um, to calling and purpose and roles. That's the other thing about this deconstruction that's going on in our world. World People are losing sight of their roles. They're losing sight of their calling. This is why we're questioning our gender and questioning everything else, because we're failing to operate out of those principles. Well, in the year 2023, you know, consider that. It might be very well time for you to go back, look at the... Uh, instruction manual and ask yourself, am I, am I right? Am I doing the right thing or am I spinning my wheels? Am I wasting my time? This is why I feel so confused and, and, and negative and, and uh, dissipated in my soul, effete and, and famished. Now, again, if that's you, we can talk about it. If you want to chat about that, maybe we can kind of get some, some principles laid down and talk about how to move forward in the year 2023. 1-888-1-888-3675-329. I'm going to take a break. Then we come back. We will continue on this Monday edition of a cold evening <laughs> right before Christmas. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back to time 619 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. All the lines are open. Got some feedback. one 329 The lines are open. Give me a call. Let's have a conversation on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We were talking before the break about uh, being able to keep it moving, the importance of not becoming stagnated, not becoming trap not becoming paralyzed that takes some discipline and it takes it takes thinking it through also i think that it requires us understanding measures and parameters and um, cycles as well this is what i was talking to the young group about um the blessing of uh, of a day being 24 hours 
and and not 25 or 28 or 30 uh, arbitrarily here here and there. Cyclically, every day is 24 hours. We're thankful for that because it gives you an opportunity to do what you do <clears throat> as a pattern in 24 hours. You get to do that seven days a week if you want to, um, or you can vary that over time. But what it creates for you is an oppor opportunity to see how and what you are managing. What are you doing with that time? This is also extremely important. Principally, Ephesians 5 says that you and I are to redeem the time. That term constitutes two things, value it uh, and make it work as if it's something that's valuable. Don't dissipate it. Don't uh, don't waste it away. Don't don't just let it um, don't squander that time. Uh, be committed to it. Here's the reason. I'm like, there's a ton of reasons why. One is here we are at the end of another year. It happened so quickly, didn't it? Here we are at the end of another year and people are rushing to um, to a stop for a moment and reflecting. Here we are. How did this happen? Well, it happened because you only got 24 hours in a day. You chopped that up into three parts, one part sleep, one part uh, uh, working, and the other part, you know, whatever you may choose to do. In a lot of ways, it's actually more than that. You sleep a little bit. You can sleep a little bit more than one-third, and you certainly can work a little bit more than one-third, so you actually have less than one-third to uh, to do other things with your life. And if you don't manage that well, then you you don't have a healthy day. And if you don't have a healthy day, you might not have a healthy week. Um, or you can be like a lot of people in 2022. Um, there can be many things that have uh, taken you away, distracted you, caused you to be uh, preoccupied with other people uh, and their needs and their crisis and their difficulties. And the next thing you know, you're, you are sleeping, you are working, but now you're also so overwhelmingly attached to somebody else's need. Guess what? <clears throat> you're not taking care of your own soul, your own mind, and your own heart. And here we go at the end of another year. That might be you. So how would you rearrange that going into 2023 if you know deeply inside that you're trapped, that you're stuck, that you're paralyzed by a pattern of life that has tyrannically seized your um, <clears throat> your right to, to modify? There you go. A lot of people are like that. They talk about wanting to change this, that, or the other thing, and they don't. Jermaine said he had to be, um, he had to discover a illness, he had a physical illness that was fairly serious, and it stopped him from working. And because it stopped him from working, he now has all the time to look up and think about and work through. He was our first caller on this topic, um, second caller, and, uh, and 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 I'm raising it now. So you might you might want to uh, you know breathe out, excogitate <clears throat> on this topic with yours truly. Um, have you been liberated to move in a different direction for 2023? Um, are you seeking to be liberated from a pattern of life, uh, a, a difficult job, a relationship in order that 2023 might be a better year for you? I mean, it's one of the privileges that we have, uh, maybe in a first rate country. I don't know if this is true around the world. I don't think it is, but I think it is in certain countries in the country in which you and I are living presently. 
we have the uh, resources by which people can modify their lives and uh, and work on um, work on rearranging them so that the year in front of you is better than the year um, behind you. Um, I know certainly uh, the the benefit of a regiment. <clears throat> that's something that I live by, been living by for a long time, and I love seeing the fruit of a regimental lifestyle. Um, it actually also gives you an opportunity when the, when the harvest comes in to kind of sit back and think about how I could do it differently next year. So here you are. You might be in the harvest time. Uh, I'm kind of in that harvest time. I'm, I'm in a much better place than I was um, two years ago or 10 years ago, by, by the way. So I can like sit back and really think about and strategize micro adjustments in my near future, or maybe even some macro ones, but certainly some micro ones. By the grace of God, you know, God granting me uh, continued help. One of the serious shifts that I engaged in back in 2019, 2021, was uh, going head on and taking care of an injury. Uh, many people know I had hip surgery, and that hip surgery was um, it was absolutely phenomenally transformative for me because I was living with pain for the previous 20 years, and I was experiencing how pain has the capacity to uh, inhibit your optimism, inhibit your prospects, inhibit your uh, your labors, diminish your efficacy. And, and that was slowly, gradually occurring. It was really funny because for a long time, what I did was rather than recognize that it was an injury that was um, depleting my perspective on things, I started attributing it to old age. And I remember saying that in my head, man, I'm getting older. But I was thinking about how that term can be used as an escape for many people where they're just trapped. It's not old age. It's just that you're trapped. And being trapped, the kind of thinking that you are engaging in would be the thinking that would fundamentally say that I don't have the uh, intrinsic value or the intrinsic quality or any resources to be able to move out of the situation that I'm in. Now, that becomes a rut mentality. You know that psychotherapy tells you that as well. And that rut mentality can waste your time. And, and, and you don't want to be wasting your time, particularly if you haven't accomplished several things in your life that you need to accomplish. So you might be thinking about this. You might be thinking, do I have a clear goal orientation in front of me? You know, what is my targeted goal? And I don't care how generic it can be. I mean, Mark told us his, Jermaine told us his. I want to hear from you, one 367 What is your targeted goal? Okay, if you have one for 2023, how far away are you from that goal in terms of the necessary changes that you're going to have to implement to get there? Um, what are the steps between now and then? that you have to engage in to, to reach that goal. Is that goal noble? Is that goal virtuous? Is, 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 all right, here's another thing about that. We, we can talk this through because it's really important. Is that goal achievable? Because there are a lot of people who talk about goals that they never achieve. And it's not because they don't try, but it's because those goals are not achievable. 
there are some goals that are completely mythological in their in their in their in their in their context as well as in their content. There are people that dream about things that are uh, uh, plausibly impossible. Again, don't don't get to drifting into postmodern irrational um, uh, scripture quoting because a lot of people do that too. They love quoting scripture out of context. All things are possible. Well, all things are not possible with you. All things are not possible with me. And all things are not possible even with God when they are properly applied in the context in which that concept, uh, all things are possible to me. All things are possible in the context of God's will. All things are possible within the parameters of your ability. All things are possible with the resources that can be given to you. But it's not possible for you to become God. That's not possible. Okay, it's not possible for you to become the Father, the Son, or Holy Spirit. Here's another thing that's not possible. It's not possible for you to be a male and then become a female. That's not possible. It's not possible for you to be a 75-year-old man and return again to being a seven-year-old child. So, you know, we, we don't want to be we don't want to begin to engage in delusionary thinking, do we? It's not possible. There's a lot of things that are not possible. So, Christian, don't fall prey to misinterpreting the scripture. There's a lot of things that are not possible. But the, within the parameters of what are possible, you and I want to be able to ask, what can we achieve? What can we do? What can we facilitate? Also, that's another one for some of you out there that are listening to me, and I know you are. You may have done a lot of things already by yourself that are worthy of um, of satisfaction and congratulation. But what about other people? Maybe it's time for you to be involved in helping other people in 2023. Have you ever thought about that? So I want you to think about that as well. I got one line open, uh, maybe two, one 888 one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I want to unpack this a little bit more as we do the last thirty minutes. So I need two more callers, and particularly people who are new. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We will um, we will talk to you after this break. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we're back. The time is six thirty-five. The Monday edition of Lifeline. Getting feedback. <laughs> All right. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number two uh, and talk with James from the Bay. James from the Bay, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, doing good, uh, Pastor. How's it going? Listen, great. I had to get to you tonight because I ain't going to be able to get out there with you tomorrow night. I had to finish my assignment, but I was thinking about. Uh, I just kind of uh, turned it on, and what do we want to do for 2023 and helping other people? We now, I'm on a mission right now, and that, and that mission is seeking more and more truth. Well, we already have the truth, you know, but sharing that, imparting that with others, and, and, and encourage them to wake up. You mentioned sleeping. I think people have in a sense, gone back to sleep, gone back into the trance that they were in before the last two years, you know. I agree. Go get, right, go get your jab, go go back to normal. Like, normal was a good direction to be heading in. You know, <laughs> right. we all know that it wasn't. And so now 
it's not okay. You know, it's not time for amnesty. It's time to get the truth. It's time to get the truth out there so we know what we've been through the last two years, not to just slumber on through it like it didn't happen. And now we're back to normal. You know, we were used the last two years, and we need to be heard from. You know, Amen. we need to be heard. We need Amen. to be heard from. And there's a lot of people. You know, I've been I've been contemplating this thought about three categories that the church or the believer is in when it comes to a subject like this. And I came up with, I heard, I've heard part of it somewhere and I've been trying to find, uh, uh, fine tune it for myself. Well, we have the church or Christians in three categories of being courageous, compliant, and cowardly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess you probably already know where I'm going with this. You know, a cowardly question is one that, knows the truth, but doesn't exercise it, you know. The courageous Christian is the one that knows the truth and does exercise it. You know, they know the truth, and they're, and they're getting at it. And, of course, the compliant one is just going to do whatever the government says, you know, sure. despite what the scripture says. Sure. You know, so, you know, my goal in 2023 is to share this with more people in the church and out of the church. Of course, out of the church is a different approach. But, you know, it's kind of on the heels of what we kind of discussed uh, last time we talked about getting the microphone, getting the, getting the narrative out, you know, uh, taking control of the narrative. Absolutely. You know, I, was, I was thinking more about that. Maybe the narrative we don't, maybe the first narrative that we need to get control of is the one in the pulpit, the one in the church. We were talking about that for Christians to get yes. that narrative. Yes. You know, the one is, you know, prove all things and hold to that, which is good. You know, everything, you know, those sort of things get get to that. I mean, you know, you know, people have been fear mongered the last two years, but we know fear doesn't come from our God. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but the power of God, the love of God and the sound mind of God, you know. So we think biblically, we think critically. And if we're Christians, that's what we have to do. There's no. I I totally get it. I totally agree with you, James. Go ahead on. No, and, you know, and that's, you know, and that's my goal. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, you know, I mean, simple things like you can walk around town and you still people still still see a lot of people masked up and we know where they're getting their information from. Right. You know, know, I mean, I don't want to keep on beating the same horse, but letting them know that there's, you got to look beyond the the, the mainstream media. You got to look beyond what uh, things are on social media, you know. I mean, I'm grateful for the fact that, you know, even though I don't trust him, you know, Elon is, you know, making these drops and we're getting a whole lot of information from that. But because we don't have the narrative, control of the narrative, they're just trying to dismiss it. You know, the, when I say they, you know, the power. No, I, I think um, if I would sum it up, I mean, we got a few minutes and then I'll, I'll be taking Mike from Tracy as we already wind, wind the show down. I think that what you're talking about is in uh, in concert with what I was saying about, you know, how are you going to deal with 2023 in terms of um, being missional? Because, you know, the, the Lord Jesus is warned about people being aimless and not being about his father's business. And, and, and when that is the case, 
You can be you can be um, you know, you can be blindsided by all kinds of events and not be prepared for them. Uh, when you use those three adjectives, you know, courageous, compliant and cowardly, um, that is the condition of all of humanity one way or the other um, on any given day under any set of conditions. But it really should not be the state of the Christian. And yet it is. Um, and we see it biblically. The children of Israel were told to go into the promised land and take it. Twelve men went in and spied out the promised land. Ten said it can't be done. Two said, let's get started yesterday. So you had a courageous two in Caleb and Joshua, and you had a cowardly ten in the other elders and you probably had millions of those Hebrew people who would have been utterly compliant to the authorities in those in those kingdoms once they got there. And in fact, you and I know that that was the case because God warned, once you go into the land, you don't compliantly submit to their gods and their idols. And all of these are metaphors for ideologies and, and, and frameworks and worldviews. But your job is to Im implement a biblical worldview. And I think it's fascinating that what you are speaking about in terms of the pulpit, because as we know that the media has been completely hijacked by powers greater than it, so that you don't ever hear healthy debate anymore, um, which should be going on in a free country with free speech, healthy debate from all sides should be taking place in a non-filtered atmosphere so people can actually draw conclusions predicated upon enough data. Today, we are divided into different camps, and each camp thinks it has the whole truth, and as a consequence, the twain never ever meet to discover that somebody is faulty. Um, that is divide and conquer under a tyrannical uh, strategy on the part of uh, the neo-Marxist socialist system, divide and conquer. Just put people on teams. Don't bring everything and put it to, on the table. I, your talk shows used to be that way many, many years ago. You know that. They would bring on controversial people, hear their side, then hear the popular opinion, or let them debate it out. That is the way you really do science. You don't do science by monopolizing one opinion or view. It's never done that way. And so now that we are moving in a direction of, of uh, freeing up from many of these mandates and things of that nature, like you said, they want people to just move on as, not, as if nothing happened. No, now it's time for discovery. In court cases, you have time for what is called discovery, where you get all the information, all the resources, all the data out. You line it up and then you bring it to the courtroom. And that's what's happening in Florida right now. You know that. DeSantis is saying we're getting ready to bring all this stuff out because we got enough data. We're getting ready to find out what in the heck happened. And, of course, they don't want that to occur. But this is what I was saying about, you know, the limited benefit, James, of politics, because now that we are swinging back to the right in the, the House, the House of Representatives have have uh, have the majority information is coming out. And we've got to make sure that this time around. Um, we are able to get all of the data out and set on the table so we can have a good, good dialogue, healthy dialogue for repentance and recovery because people got hurt. Tons of people got hurt and they need to be recognized and they need to be um, they need to be taken care of. They should not be thrown under the bus. 
And I'll say this last statement before I let you go. So, you know, I'm in full full comportment with you in that regard. Um, when leadership, when people at the top are wicked uh, and when the protocols are ungodly, it makes the people on the ground immoral. When leadership is wicked and the protocols are ungodly, the people on the ground are forced to be immoral. So when you work for an institution that you know their policies are wicked and it forces you to comply with those policies and you, like you said, are compliant, you are immoral. You are ungodly. This is how the enemy demoralizes a culture. That's why leadership has to be, as uh, as God said, as the sh- as the bright shining light of the sun. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God, because as the rulers are, so are the people. And that's the danger about what we are, because many, many of our leaders are so violently, so atrociously corrupt that it passes down to the common people and valiancy and faithfulness and willingness to suffer for truth doesn't exist as a common commodity among the average man. Listen, thank you for the call. Uh, we'll miss you on uh, on tomorrow night, but we will catch up with you real soon, my dear brother. Got to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll talk with Mike and Tracy. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. Time for uh, 6.49, got 10 minutes to go on our program. Got some feedback. We need to lock that in. Let's go to Mike and Tracy on line number one. Mike and Tracy, are you there? Is Mike there and Tracy on line number one? I cannot hear Mike. Hello, hello. Hey, Mike. Hey, PJ, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. We got that all worked out. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Great. Are you at home? <clears throat> nope. On my way home. Oh, okay. So, um, what's your thoughts? What, what's what's on your mind? Because what I was going to do, let me see how long is this going to take me? Because I do this either on my own every year on our program here. Um, I read something in relationship to um, our our wonderful Christmas season. But this year, I was going to take up your poem, but what, what did you want to share and contribute before we do that? Sure. I'll be real short. I just wanted to affirm everything that was already said. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that, that I uh, have learned um, as of this last year was uh, one of your greatest resources as a believer is going to be the people of God. And so in light of what's already been said, I think it's important for us to press forward into the body of Christ and really think about collaboration you know, ways that we can do that. And so I'm intending on doing that next year in a greater way. Um, everything from um, the raising of our kids um, to, as it was already stated, looking into, you know, uh, business ventures, um, investing, entrepreneurial um, efforts, and uh, just reassessing all the categories of my life and looking to see, um, you know, to my left and my right, my brother and sister, uh, who I can collaborate to do that. And I think in a practical way, that's one of the ways that we can indeed redeem the time. Um, I don't believe God is expecting us to redeem the time individually by ourselves without a thought, uh, you know, to, you know, without a, a second thought about uh, the body of Christ and how we'll do that together. Uh, so that's what I would say I've learned. 
No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that was nice and terse. We still had to have a good minute on that, so I'm going to put a bow on that <clears throat> since you since you brought it up. And the Saints that know your voice is definitely glad to hear you. Glad I, you know. I wish more of our uh, representatives at Grace would would call and participate as well. Of course, you know, Michael, that's what we do. Um, we we try to understand the kingdom of God from what we understand a chief organizing principle for our life is. God is our chief organizing principle. His word is our uh, manual uh, of instruction for accomplishing these goals, and community is absolutely essential to it. It doesn't matter what institution is endeavoring in a forward-oriented plan, that institution understands the importance of collaboration. So you and James and and uh, and Mark, our previous caller as well, um, uh, we're all on the same page. It's just whether or not we can do that in the year 2023 more efficiently, more effectively, and more comprehensively in terms of uh, how it impacts our own personal walk vertically how it um, how it expresses itself in relationship to our immediate proximity uh, in terms of our brothers and sisters in our community, and then how it can begin to fare itself out into the community in terms of projects and goals getting accomplished that will bring edification and exaltation to our Savior. As well as, this is why I was talking about the principle of sowing and reaping, uh, economic remuneration, because this is what our God promises to those that actually seek him, that he will um, secure their bread uh, and their cabinets and their stalls. When we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our steps and he promises that when we yield obedience to him in the areas of heart finance, um, that he will uh, he will make um, our ends prove to be fruitful and productive. So amen, amen to that. You guys have a safe journey as you head up uh, north to visit family, and uh, we'll see you uh, when you get back on the first. So I'm going to actually do something, you guys, while I have a few minutes. That was Michael Peterson, one of our leadership uh, members at Grace, um, called in to share his reflections about 2023. Been knowing Michael forever. Not quite forever, but a long time. He is a son in the faith as well and has a good head on his shoulders. He is a husband, father. He is a uh, military vet. You guys need to give God thanks for that, right along with the rest of our military vets. He is a child of God. He's a preacher. He's a poet. He's a songwriter. Uh, Very gifted. Uh, Michael Peterson, you will be hearing uh, quite a bit of his music in the new year. And I'm going to read this poem as we close out today, and I'll read it tomorrow on Tuesday as well. It's called Jesus. How wonderful is that name? Jesus, how wonderful is that name? What glorious news doth men proclaim? No lovelier sound the ear may hear that tale of freedom from all our fears. What joy should guilty sinners know of mercy streams like rivers flow from heaven washing souls anew since wages owed no longer due. The debt for sin was fully paid. There on the cross, the Christ was made a sacrifice perfect to give to holy God 
that we might live. Jesus, how wonderful is that name, eternal word a man became. Through Mary's womb, a virgin born, fullness of God in bodily form. What mystery, his love towards us. Jesus came down to die for thus. It proved God's right to justify ungodly sinners without lie. For souls whose sins could not be turned, the king made him a willing slave. Our God who saves, his name reveals, for by his stripes our souls are healed. Jesus, how wonderful is that name. And now the right as sons we claim, adopted of the Father's love, eternal blessings from above. We gaze upon his glory, see, by faith into great mysteries, God took away our guilt and shame. When hung the sun, his bloody frame, the sun eclipse, such was his fame, who felt of hell's eternal flame, God's wrath consumed while he remained to us on, to us in our place, this lamb was slain. Oh, praise the name, this worthy one. No name compares for what he's done. Our lives, this glorious news should tell the name of Christ, Emmanuel. Turn unto him, all nations see his love and grace so full and free. By faith do trust him to obtain. Jesus, how wonderful is that name. Jesus, how wonderful is that name. The Father has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, of things on earth, of things under the earth, of things in heaven, every knee shall bow and ultimately say, Wonderful name of Jesus. Wonderful name of Jesus. Have a wonderful Christmas over the next couple of days. He's worthy for you to reflect upon him. He's worthy for you to worship him. He's worthy for you to call upon him. In the time of trouble, call upon me and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. That is who he is. He is the king of glory. We'll see you either tomorrow night in prayer and Bible study or on Sunday morning. Or now that I found out we won't be on this coming Monday, day after Christmas, nor uh, day after New Year. So I won't see you till like January 8th. It's been good to be with you over the course of 2023. It's amazing. We've done this for some 20 years now. God is good. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.